This episode is brought to you by HealthMate Saunas. After much research and study into finding ways to increase my energy, all answers pointed towards incorporating saunas into my recovery. Infrared saunas differ from traditional saunas because they warm you from the inside out. Saunas provide deep relaxation and boost that energy through increased blood flow and also cleanse the system, release toxins and provide a deep detox. For me, I use my sauna at the end of a tough workout or after a busy working day. And of course, having the sauna conveniently in my house removes all obstacles of making it part of my weekly routine. I simply plug in my HealthMate to the usual household plug and I'm ready to go. But why is a HealthMate better than any other infrared sauna? HealthMate are the global market leader in infrared saunas and have been for the last 40 years. They're the only company to offer a patented infrared technology which guarantees that infrared penetrates deep beneath the skin, critical to getting our health benefits. They only use green and sustainable materials on their saunas and are the only company to offer an unconditional lifetime warranty. Personally, I have a two-person cabin, but there are a variety of models, shapes, and sizes that can work for you, all available at health-mate.co.uk. Go to their website to get yours. This is Take Flights with Mark Whittle. Welcome to Take Flight. I'm Mark Whittle, former city worker turned performance coach, and this is your place for inspiration, and education on ways to optimize your performance and find your purpose. The most powerful force in the world is to be consistent with your identity. If the shoes don't fit, take them off. You can lie to everyone else, but you can't lie to yourself. You need to trade your expectations for appreciation. You know, we only live once. When all is said and done, the only thing you have left is your memories. Welcome back to part two of this incredible episode with Josh Patterson and Ben Tansley two outstanding individuals, so inspiring with all they do, and both incredibly articulate. This is one of the most honest conversations I've been a part of. And the second half of this chat was actually really moving. We spoke more about how adversity leads to huge transformation, positive transformation and growth in our life. And we spoke more about how their shared adversity led to a relationship and a bond stronger than they ever imagined. If you've listened to part one, you'll know what to expect here. Without further ado, please enjoy this powerful part two with Josh Patterson and Ben Townsley. One of the best things that I heard parental advice this was from um, a guy called David Meltzer who they based the film Jerry Maguire on which is one of my favourite films he was on the podcast I think about 18 months ago he said they won't listen to you your children won't listen to you but they'll be watching you Yeah. so everything that they see and she sees that in you every day so you, I hope that brings some solace to you for you know your negative thoughts every now and then like what she sees you do like the same that I see you do it is so inspiring and that's what she'll be getting from you yeah I, I guess it's just for so long you know I look at most dads like India's just started big school now she's doing reception and I look at the dads around me you know and these guys are really successful men driving expensive cars I'm not saying that that credit you know credits them but you know these guys are good at something you know whether they're CEOs of companies or they're owners of companies sounds really stupid but they can do a spreadsheet you know I can't, I'm not even capable of doing something like that and so I look around them and I think you know these are real men like they've got real capabilities and then I look at my life and the career I have and again and it's the doubts of like, you know, 
what, what like what am I? What am I good at? You know, it's 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 spreadsheets and businesses don't make a good parent. No, no, no. And I get that. Love and laughter, like you know. I get you, that, but you, it's more like the role model, right? You know, like my life's not conventional. I think that's the point I'm making is that what I do isn't conventional. You know, at my age, typically most people don't do what I do. Not saying that that's better or worse but like you know I look at these guys and they've got like you know like routine and like maybe stability whereas I'm just like this free spirit who seems to just kind of like not whim things but like you know I, I sometimes think god am I going to impact my daughter's life is this going to be a positive and you know I hope later down the line from the moments that I've shared that you know hopefully it will the, the free spirit for me, the f no comparison here, but the free spirit approach to life is one that I would have liked to have seen more of when I was younger, for sure. Now we're all pursuing that. All three of us are pursuing that, right? And what does that make us feel? Because I got so deep into that conventional life that, and something bad had to happen to snap me out of that. I wish I'd have been exposed more to that when I was younger. But I do think naturally as well, we always want something we kind of never had. Mm, yeah. So, you know if we didn't have free-spirited parents, you know, we probably want them, but the people who had free-spirited parents probably want people who are a bit more at home doing work and stuff like that. It's just, it's just, I think human nature, sometimes we want what we didn't have, but that just is how it is. You know, everybody, if, if everybody did everything the same, we'd all be quite similar. So there is no right or wrong way to parent. You know, everyone has their own way and that's why some people turn out good, some people turn out bad, but I think, you know, you're both doing great. You know, you're nice, like, people you know you just got to show them love and and be yourself and and let them grow to who they want to be you know because like i said there's you can tell them everything but they're still going to be their own person at the end of the day you know like dude i'll give him all the right lessons but if he wants to go out and really mess his life up he's going to do that and i can no matter what i say to him now at 15 years old he's making his own decisions you know so I wouldn't overthink it too much, you know, like, that definitely don't tell. So I can tell you now you're a good dad, like, you know, the, the little girl's always laughing, smiling, and that's the main thing. And what I would say about India is that this is a really important moment in our relationship right now where I'm starting to hear her say, I can't, I can't, daddy, I can't. And she doubts herself. And there's a fine line between, I think, pushing a child too far and knowing when to push them. You know, so there's times where she's fearful of things, you know, like going on a paddle board or being in water, swimming, whatever it may be. And don't get me wrong, there's definitely times where we've heard and seen stories where parents become, you know, way too overbearing and it, it becomes quite traumatic for the child. But then at the same time, through our own experiences, it's learning when to press the red button and when to just pull that hand back a little bit further. And what I would say is, I think through my own experiences, is that I've got this great relationship with her now where I know when to push her that little bit further because I know it's in her. I know when we get there, she'll love it. And I've been right, thankfully, every time. And the moments when I hear her saying, I can't, it can be something as simple as putting on her pajama bottoms or taking a t-shirt off. And she's like, I can't, I can't, and gives up. And so it's a process that sometimes takes quite a long time and you've got to have the patience. But when I tell her she can, and I show her when she eventually does it for herself, she does, I, it's like, I just want to bottle it, but she does like this subtle grin where she knows deep down that daddy's proven her wrong, but <laughs> yeah. for the right reasons. And then we do this high five. And for me, it's so small, but it's amazing. And I hope, again, it sounds really silly, but because it's small, it's just about like putting on a t-shirt but 
whenever she has that I can't, I can't, I can't, I want her to reflect on those moments as she gets older and knows that she can. And it does, like I said to you earlier, like so much of how we are as kids affect our adult life. And I just listened to you say that, like knowledge is everything, you know, like we have so much access to information now as like people and we do, and obviously people study mindsets and stuff like that. I listened to a TED talk actually about mindset within children and like simple things of when Jude used to play football and I, and I didn't know this when Jude was a kid, I wish he had it done because it does, it, it does make sense. If he came off the football pitch, I'd be like, oh, you played really well today. You're so good at that. You're so good at that. And, and I would put it down to a talent based mm kind of thing and I always done it with, and I didn't know this but since listen to the TED talk like they say if he'd have come off the pitch and I'd have said to him cool you tried really hard today then it's down to an effort based kind of talent so they'd done a like a test before where all the kids what they had done based on talent after so long didn't do too well because they were so worried that if they failed they they wouldn't get that, oh, then you're not talented anymore. So they didn't kind of excel as much as the kids who put it down to effort-based because they thought, oh, the harder I try, the better I'm going to get. And over a course of 10 years, those kids came out on top. So that open or closed mindset, I think they call it. And little tips like that, I think you've known as a parent, like certainly with your yeah. daughter now, if, if she does something, try to emphasize it on effort rather than actual talent you know and and that's just knowledge through watching a ted talk you know so we are actually got access to kind of change things better now but little tips like that help it's it's so powerful that one yeah so when i was playing football in america or soccer in america they had hard work beats talent when talent doesn't yeah. work got hard. it in the gym have you yeah it's amazing yeah. and it's i mean it's you know it's the corny saying but it's so true it is like, yeah it's amazing when you see that if you're training in the gym or whatever you're doing it yeah it rings true but you're absolutely bang on because talent isn't in our control necessarily no. we can develop skills but talent isn't in our control but hard workers but you wouldn't realize how much that affects a kid like i certainly didn't think of it like just my son coming off the football pitch and me saying, cool, you're really good at that. You're really mm. good at I'm praising him thinking, oh, I'm going to get more from him. Whereas just if I'd have just said, cool, you tried hard today, that might shape his life in such a dramatic yeah. way of his effort into life. And I've done that without even thinking about it. But I'm thinking when you're saying that, right, because talent, how we understand talent is God-given. We're born with it, right? So if I'm not, if I've played crap and it's about talent, then I'm, then I've got no self-worth. I'm just shit. I'm useless. Yeah. Whereas if I'm praised on my effort, that's I wasn't born with effort. No. I just put effort in, and that's yeah. that. If that's what I'm being rewarded on, then I'm going to do it again. But how many people just parent and kind of wouldn't even think of that? Mm. And they're just you know, there's so many yeah. kids coming off a football pitch as we speak, and, and you, their dad is yeah. saying, "Cool, you're really good at that. you're really yeah. good at that." Whereas if they just listen to this yeah. and they'll start saying, I "Actually, tried really hard today," yeah. that you know that might just change the young kid's life it's just crazy got, it's about hunger as well right like how far are you willing to go and i think that's the problem that a lot of people lack again is is they're kind of they're only willing to go to a certain point and then i guess when a few doors are closed on their face or they don't accomplish what they wanted i would say probably the rejections that i faced have of what has made me so hungry and that's something that i think we need to instill in our children and i, I don't know if the work rate is necessarily there for quite a lot of them and actually you can be rejected a thousand times i think that's why we celebrate these stories when you hear of these individuals who have taken 30 years to win an oscar you know, or started their acting careers late or when it comes to, you know, football, for instance, like a Vardy playing non-league football and then wins the premiership. It's amazing. And we need those individuals in this world because there are millions of people out there 
that gave up and it's because they didn't have the support. And what I would say to them is sometimes, unfortunately, this is the tough pill to swallow. You might never have it. And it really does come down to you. How much do you fucking want to succeed? Because if you don't have that support network, you've got two options. You can either give up and regret it for the rest of your life, or you can keep fucking pursuing it. I've never known anyone who has pursued something, maybe their entire life and gone, oh, I really regret doing that. Why? Because what happens if you had have succeeded? And actually there is real merit in the fact that you never gave up. And we forget that. You know, I'm not when I do these challenges, I'm not the fastest. I'm not the most gifted, you or know, intelligent. or intelligent. But where I am smart is I surround myself with those that are and they make me greater, you know. And for me, I do want to be recognized, not for validation, but if I'm doing something, I want to have an impact. I do want to be recognized as one of the greatest ultra athletes to ever come from the, from the UK. I'm not fussed about the world, but from the UK. And I want to impact for the right reasons those around me through the charity work. Am I going to get there because I was born a gifted runner or in a wheelchair? Absolutely not. But fucking hell, I absolutely grind it out. And anyone will tell you that. Ben, my running coach, who's one of the most gifted athletes I've ever met, and he's just about to start his journey. Ben Park, he's 24. The guy's an absolute machine. Sometimes when we train, this is the difference. When we look at athletes on the TV, we just see like these godlike figures, right? There's no weakness. And the way that they articulate themselves, and we see these edited versions on YouTube, we're just like so pumped up and inspired by them. The way I look at it is I'm just this little bitch. I complain, get it wrong, or maybe have days where I take it off and it frustrates him. And, you know, maybe sometimes he has like slight doubt in his mind thinking, fuck, why am I coaching here? Like, can this guy do it? The one thing I said to him though is never ever doubt me because no matter how distorted the process might be leading up to the challenge, I fucking promise you when it comes to the day of it, I will switch it onto another level like you've never seen. And he did doubt me. And I think the two really big moments in our relationship together that changed things for him, one was the patio challenges. And the second obviously was run for nations. And it was actually, it was about two in the morning when he took over the third marathon. And it went from me being 30 minutes ahead of schedule to us actually losing time. And if I'd have continued going at the pace I was at, we would have failed the challenge. And there was this moment where he turned to me and he was quite blunt and he said, do you want to fail? And I said, no. He said, well, if you fucking keep going at this pace, we failed. Do you want to fail? And I said, no, I don't. He said, you got one choice and that's to pick up this pace and you cannot drop this pace until the race is over. And there was something in that moment, like I said, I just went into a different fucking headspace and the pace kept progressing and progressing and progressing. My injuries were getting worse to the point where I was run limping. That went out the fucking window. Didn't matter how much pain I'd sustained at that point for me, like the, the thought of failure. And there was this really powerful line that has kind of stayed with me with my challenges where it's like, when you do something in life, is the feeling of, for me, I guess it's when you go into it, it's like you can give up, but is the feeling of failure going to outweigh the temporary pain. Does that make sense? I knew at the end of that challenge, right? Didn't matter how much pain I was going to go through at that moment. The minute I finished that race and I crossed that line, that pain may take a week to recover from it, but it eventually comes to an end. But will the feeling of failure outweigh it? Because if you live through that, through life, can you overcome I think it? There is a saying, something like pain lasts for a moment, failure lasts for a lifetime, something like that. That would have been a lot smoother, by the way. If I'd have just come out with that line, it would have sounded yeah. better. So you started with talking about I can't and specifically about your daughter. 
daughter and, and hearing those words and then talking about how you can start to overcome that. And then you went on to the challenges, which I've been desperate to get to the whole time. So can you talk about, because I find it so fascinating, experiences from both of you, because Tana would love to hear your experience with the I can't as well, with, with you know the idea of being told that you can't ever walk again. Moments in either the patio challenge, and can you talk about what that patio challenge was, because it's unreal, and the Run24 challenge, when you might have heard a voice that said, I can't, and then I'm really, really fascinated to hear, you said you went into a different mindset, you just went into a different place, and then and then the pace went up and up and up. Yeah. So during uh, the first lockdown, I had been training for quite a big challenge, which no longer was going to happen. It will eventually happen. Now, kind of, we're coming out of the pandemic or I'd like to think we are but at the time we were in lockdown and I got a phone call from a friend who worked at Calm Charity and said listen we've had about a 37% increase in phone calls like we are really struggling right now and we need to raise funds and I was really really like as somebody who struggled with his mental health in the past and present with you know anxiety that really pulled a cord like if I can do anything to help anyone in the present or for the future I'm going to do it and it doesn't matter how far I have to go to do it. If I can help that person, I'm willing to go the distance. And at the time we were restricted to be able to only run, I think it was 5K. So I was thinking to myself, well, I've been doing this training, what can I do? So at one in the morning, I went and measured my patio, which was 15 feet, but because of my tree, olive trees, it was 14 foot. So I remember calling up my running coach and I said, listen, mate, I'm, I'm going to do five marathons in five days. And that was when he turned around and went, what are you talking about? He's like, mate, come on now. Like, that's just stupid. And I said, no, I, I, I'm going to do it. And I announced it to my social page. Never done consecutive marathons. I'd only run one or two marathons in my life and not even really for time. And But it was marathons on your patio. On my 14 foot patio. Yeah. Yeah. In a circle. Like, well, square. 80 loops for one mile, basically, to, to achieve one mile. And then did you turn around and go the other way? Yes, every mile I would change, right? So I ended up doing four and four. And then on the fifth day, I decided to do an ultra, which I'd never done before, right? And actually, what a lot of people don't know about this particular challenge is the main thing was to raise money for those that needed it. But deep down, there were three people in my life that told me that I wasn't. And I wanted to show them that I was. And again, it's really annoying for the listener, but I can't, I can't go into it. But there was a really big moment for me where I was subjected to something and I still feel it today it really angers me and it really upsets me because ultimately three people were telling me something that I was not and were questioning my character as an individual and so for me deep down by doing this I wanted to show those three individuals even though I would never see them react to it or whether they even saw it but there was a part of me hoping that they would to make them actually question themselves as people. And I know a lot of people might be like, God, that's the really wrong, wrong way of thinking it. But do you know what? I'm real. And that's just the reality of it. It's and a fuel. If you can use it, it was it. a fuel. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, it was a fucking fuel because if you've never done consecutive marathons, you've got to find it from somewhere. Right. And it was round your patio. I mean, I think I compared you to a goldfish, like going around a bowl. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Like, and, and it was literally yeah. that. And like, you know, running's lovely. Like, I mean, I can't do it now, but like when you're running and you're running through woods, like it's great. You can do a marathon, but to go around a patio, you know, it's just like, yeah, I generally thought you'd lost a plot. <laughs> you, you, like you said, you have to find fuel. And psychologists might be looking at this going, God, he's saying all the wrong things. That's not the right way of doing it. With the greatest respect, when you're throwing yourself into that environment, 
it's going to fucking break you. And so you have to be able to turn to things that will fuel that fire to enable you to overcome it. And that's why I think a lot of you know individuals are now going into these ultra sports because they're delving into a mindset and becoming a person that they maybe never thought could be. And by achieving it changes their reality of how they see themselves, how they see others and what's capable. And so I decided to do the ultra, did it. And then there was just something inside me where I was like, fuck, I really just want to try doing 24 hours. Obviously had never done sleep deprivation training, had never run more than the ultra. That was the furthest distance I'd ever done. Remind me, ultra distance is... So an ultra distance is anything further than a marathon, 26.2 okay. miles, All right, cool. right? So... I actually ended up doing on the sixth day, the two marathons in two days. And then I wanted to do 24 hours. I wasn't really fussed about the distance, but I wanted to do the 24 hours. And at the time I was going through three legal battles, right? And it was savage, really, really savage. And being enclosed in my flat, you know, it could have gone one way or it could have gone another. So again, this was me going, do you know what? I'm going through a really tough part of my life. I'm going to turn everything negative that I'm going through and I'm going to invest it into something positive. Because when I look back at these negative moments in my life and I think, God, yeah, do you know what? Those three legal battles broke me. But actually, I don't feel negativity and I don't feel sad when I reflect on those moments because what came from it was the amount of money that was raised that helped others and the pride that I feel having accomplished something as big as that you know but again it's just turning that negative into a positive and I accomplished the 24 hours and that changed me forever because if you can accomplish that you can achieve anything and again the challenge itself was a world record so do you want to talk a little bit about the what actually happens you did four marathons in four countries in 24 yeah. hours so then I came up with the idea has anyone done the countries and the question was no because no one's a doorknob right and no one's <laughs> no one's going to get a helicopter to fly from a country to country luckily that's where you know sometimes my lunacy probably becomes the asset and they hadn't and so I remember actually when I came up with the idea I texted my best mate James Houston and I said listen I think I know what my next challenge is I want to run the four countries of the UK in 24 hours and his response was you fucking idiot is that possible and like I said to you bam that reaction I was like that's it that's the next challenge and that was one of the most savage experiences of my life and the documentary that we filmed it will hopefully give people a better insight because sometimes when you actually talk about it it just isn't enough I think people need that visual and when you see me physically vomiting in this helicopter and I'm, my immunity and my systems broke down and I'm, I'm shaking, you know, my body never breaks. And that's my, my superpower almost when I do these challenges. But for some reason on this one, you know, straight away, I tore the ligament in my knee, my calf and my foot in the second marathon. So I basically was running on a fucked left leg for the entire thing. And the pain I was subjected to was just excruciating. And there were so many moments where I never typically will ever think to myself, I want to give up. But on this particular one, actually, when I was with Ben, I did genuinely want to give up. I didn't think I could take it much more. And it's, you know, in films when you kind of see like this sequence where it just recaps on like a hundred different scenes into one, right, with sped up music. For me, it's like every negative thing that I've ever been through in my life in that moment is like that sequence where I remind myself of all these negatives and why I'm doing this. And then it just fucking like this thing comes out of me. And that is what enables me to overcome so these hurdles. Just channeling those things to give you the power yeah wow so is it like so if we talk literally tangible thing 
you'll feel broken physically or mentally and then you'll think about those things and it will give you energy. 100%. I have to. It's it's my time. It's A lot of people look at these things, at these challenges, and they're like, God, why do you do it? It's one of the few times in my life where I'm most at peace and I feel like I have purpose, in all honesty. Like, when I do it, I feel like I, I, I genuinely have purpose in this world, that I'm actually doing something to make the world a better place. What I think is so powerful about it is because I, with the coaching work that I do, a lot of people live within their own limits. I talk about this glass ceiling where, again, we talk about our youth and how that shapes us. We all have this, we have self-limiting beliefs and we have a glass ceiling that a lot, a lot of the time we don't even know is there. So the goals that we set will be within that. Yeah. But what you've had the ability to do is smash through that. And people call it a big, hairy, audacious goal. But you, what you've done is you've picked something and you've honed in on and had a focus on something which is far beyond a lot of people's imagination of, of what's possible. And then you've gone on and achieved it. Every human being in this world is born limitless, but we are our greatest limitation. That's the facts. And that is because of the environment that we are born into or we are subjected to. And that's why I will become the person that I want to be and I will achieve the things that I wish to do because I have Tano in my life. Every time I have a moment of doubt, I look at Tano and I look at what he's going through on a daily basis and the hurdles he's faced with and overcomes. Now, if Tano can accomplish these things at a 70, 80% functional body, what excuses do I have? I struggle mentally at times, but I've seen time and time before that even with a negative mindset, I can still accomplish great things. And so that's why I think it's so important to have these individuals in your life, to be that constant reminder of what is possible. Because you're right, we don't actually know what our limitations are. We see these limitations, but it's because people have put them there or they tell you that these things can't be accomplished. He was told that he would never walk again. The person didn't do it out of spite, but medically based on what they've seen prior, he's told he's never going to walk. Now he has two choices. He either listens to that person and agrees with it and gives up, or he proves the odds wrong. Now, from the day he was told that, we will, there will be a day where I will film him walking and he will walk because he's committed to it. It might take him years, but we both know that he's going to get there. Yeah, it's really weird. That's a weird one because many people ask me that. Like, I always say about the power acceptance. Like, and on that day when they told me, you're never going to walk like I accepted it there and then I thought okay you know this is fine I'm in a wheelchair but in the same breath I thought I can beat it do you know what I mean so it's like I don't never know how to explain that because you've got two different approaches to it one I'm like okay but two I'm gonna I'm gonna beat it when you're talking about all that going through it and all like certain little sayings stay out to me I can remember when before we'd done the Berlin Marathon um friend of mine Paul who runs the ultra marathon sent me a message and he just put only those willing to go too far know how far one can go and I thought actually that is right you know you just push and push and push and keep doing it until you do and like the through the dark thing was another saying what stood out to me early on they sent me a t-shirt and it just said on the back endeavor through adversity and i wore that through every physio session because i just kept thinking like yeah just keep going i'm going there next week i'm going to tell them that you yeah they know yeah i mean they're good lads but they sent me a postcard and just said look you know we admire the mindset mm. you know we're from a similar background in terms of like not similar background but they appreciate the mindset through what they've done SES and stuff like that and that t-shirt yeah just endeavor through university and i just used to used to say it it's interesting yeah. though because when you said so you had the you took on the i suppose expertise of this person who was telling you or his just opinion really isn't it yeah that you were never going to walk again yeah 
but you still there was still part of you that was like well, no i'm going to prove that wrong yeah I so think that, that happens a lot in life we we have these conflicting things that we have yeah. to battle with i think we're all driven by different things like he's saying like negative thoughts and kind of that drives him you know i'm, I'm driven by praise really so i like to do things people thought I couldn't because that, 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 then you get the praise like wow you know you've done that today and that, that's what motivates me that cool look at him look at this you know and I like a challenge you know so them saying you're never going to walk was like the greatest challenge mm. ever for me I was like right okay and then you know there could have been a point that I had no hope of doing it but actually then when you start seeing your toes wiggle or, mm. and then your foot wiggles and you're like okay right let's let's see what we can do with this mm. and then you just have all these goals like my first goal was to stand and then you know then once you can stand you're like okay I want to learn to jump <laughs> like you know can't jump but um some point some day just, yeah it's just having something to drive towards mm. you've got to evaluate like what what would mean more to you and some might say money right but like if I said to Tano right now what would mean or have a greater impact in your life? Looking at your bank balance and seeing 10 million or getting a message saying your attitude to your disability has inspired me to walk again. Yeah, I mean, like I said at the start, money's never meant anything to me. I'm not driven by money. And I, I genuinely wouldn't change the the accident, though, because it has inspired so many people to do so many things. And, and, and honestly, I can't pull in... Uh, there is negatives to come from it but so much positivity has come from it. even our friendship you know and like millions of things have come from it so i wouldn't change it you know like no amount of money can put a value on health as well you know that ability to just everybody gets up and walk and you take it for granted but people who abuse that as well you know just can't put a value on health yeah so what what's your relationship like with your health now has it changed because i imagine you probably did take it for granted that you could walk as we probably all do it's something you don't think about you know you don't get up and think you're gonna one day not be able to walk you know and, and really i'd seen people in wheelchairs and stuff but you kind of just i suppose you don't think about it because you don't you don't want it to happen do you know what i mean so i appreciate my health more uh and i certainly because i feel at some stage my my health will deteriorate again you know, I, I just think it's human nature, you know, as I get older, my body's going to slow down, you know, what I can do now. And it takes a lot of effort, you know, like I, for what I'm doing in physio and it is a graft. And I know at some stage that's going to go backwards. So I certainly appreciate these golden years, if that makes sense. And mm. sometimes it may makes me probably overthink things, you know, like I, I kind of put a bit of time limit. Oh, I need to do this now that, that. but yeah I definitely appreciate my health more yeah. it's, it's funny because even as I'm hearing you say that I'm I'm so conditioned and I think a lot of us are but I'm so conditioned to think like it's linear growth so I'm like well if you're getting better Tanner you're going to get better and if yeah. it's not is it it's we not. have these do, do we have these down days and certainly with this injury that is not uh, a natural progression I mean mm. that is such a roller coaster of like I can be doing so well for three weeks and then all of a sudden you know you've gone back like yeah. four months and you think why because I had that I thought cool it's just gonna improve but it doesn't you know and um it's a complex injury you know anyone out there with a spinal cord injury will tell you like this just that little that little thing what runs down certainly body your spinal cord controls mm -hmm. everything yeah. and one little nick in that can alter so much what do you do when it goes backwards so my but what do Eats i do donuts, <laughs> donuts yeah, I do like donut. and ice cream uh, yeah and ice cream yeah <laughs> i've been really good on my diet lately i'll speak to him but i can always tell when he's a bit neg about something because typically ice cream or donuts come into the, or pick a mix come into the equation yeah i think it's very good to reflect 
on where you've come from, you know, because you you can actually sit back and I think, okay, things ain't going like they was, but I'm still a million times better than I I was a year ago and what they told me I'm going to do. So I like to reflect on things, but I'm not an overthinker. Like I've spoke to you many times about this, like, if I if I have a negative thought, I'm so good at just switching it off and like it is what it is kind of guy. And that that, that is me. Like I just everything happens for a reason, and that that mindset just gets me through everything. So I might have a day down near the river, you know, if I'm in a really like funk where I think, oh, why why me now? Like why this? And I said going for a breakup was a time of reflection for me. It was really hard, and I kind of paralyzed skipped over it wasn't bothered two years later going for a breakup then that was like wow actually I am paralyzed that kind of reflects so I processed that all sort of two years later but if I'm in a funk I'll go sit by the water and I'll just have a day to myself you know have a little think don't overthink too much but just and then the next day I'm like right today's a new day don't allow myself to think for too long you know if it, if it affects a day that's the most I let it affect them tomorrow's a new day let's go I think time for me is the greatest gift, but it's also the biggest curse. Because I think we all live our lives thinking we've got time. I'll do it tomorrow. You know, if I earn enough money, I, I so many times I have friends who have got jobs where they earn so much money, but they are miserable and they, they revert to bad habits to mask over it, right? But their attitude is by the time I'm 40, I'll be able to retire. But what happens if something life-changing happens tomorrow? Your biggest regret is that you didn't make the most of what you had physically or mentally. And so, again, that's one of the greatest gifts I have with Tano is that I know that your life can literally change with a click of a finger. So whenever I do challenges and people go, are you not worried about the injuries that you'll sustain? Why worry about that? You know, the reality is that could happen, but at the same time, my life could change tomorrow forever. So am I going to regret having done a challenge and sustained an injury, or am I going to regret laying on that hospital bed, knowing that I didn't make the most of myself mentally and physically? So for me, it's trying to make the most of the time that you have so that God forbid it ever happens, you can lay there and know that you made the most of it. And not one of those things involves monetary value or materialism live in the moment a friend of mine one of the proudest moments i have actually of a friend of mine at the minute he bought himself an aston martin it was his dream car and then like two months later i called him up i said you know how are you doing oh, I've, I've sold the car i said what do, what do you mean you sold the car it's your dream car you've been talking about this for years well things have changed and i said well what's changed he said i just didn't enjoy it after a while and i said well what are you going to do now he said i bought a camper van and I was like, you, this guy is the last person you'd expect to buy a camper van. I said, what have you done that for? He said, well, I'm in a relationship now with a woman who's changed my mindset on things. And every single weekend on his stories, I see him traveling to a different coastal location and the fulfillment that that brings him. He now is starting to accept the person who he is and what he wants to be and where he wants to go. Whereas before... I think it was almost a reflection of he wanted to be what he thought people wanted him to be and what made him happy. And this is what I'm talking about when you're on that journey and I can see that and I'm so proud of him. You know, the funny thing is I'm sharing this with you on this podcast. I even haven't said this to him yet, but if I say it, I want to say it to his face because I really want him to, to feel the pride rather than just hearing it on the phone. The, the irony of his personal development journey starting now with physical journeys to the coast is, uh, I love that. As a quote as well, I'm not who I think I am. I'm not who you think I am. I'm who I think you think I am. 
So, you know, he's saying he's trying to almost be what he feels other people think he should be. Yeah. And so many of us are lost in that. That's that, like I said, living a life true to yourself. I think there's a book by, I've got it in there actually, I've not read it, but it's a book by Bonnie Weir. It's called The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. Yes, mate. And I think number one is living a life true to yourself, is it? I can't remember what number one is. No. I'm pretty sure it's living a life true to the self. We'll, uh, we'll Google these. But just to tell, the viewers, <laughs> but to, 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 tell the, to tell the viewers, I think she was a palliative nurse, wasn't she? Yeah. She's done it for like 25 years and she, she cared for people within the last 12 weeks of their life. And she started asking them similar questions, didn't she? And, and to see a pattern of yeah. what people were regretting. The, the ones I remembered a lot were not taking out things on your family. It was spending time with your family, but the detail was like not yeah. to take the, your negative out on, because we do it on our closest yeah. people, don't yeah, we? we do, yeah. Not losing touch with friends, which hit me because yeah. I've, I always was like, I'm going to take over the world, I'm doing this. And it meant that along the way, I lost touch with some of my, because they did different jobs to me. You know, they had families who were yeah. in manual labor and all that sort of stuff. And it just didn't resonate with me. And we just lost touch over the years. Yeah. I also did a lot of drugs at the weekend, which I yeah. wasn't yes, really yeah, into. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I think that's such a good shout. Last one, or last topic, transition. Yeah. In honour of the name of the podcast, Take Flight, it's about taking that leap of faith, which you guys have done time and time again with different things. Josh, I'd love to hear your version of what I imagine is a huge leap of faith on going onto a public-facing TV show. Yeah. So I'd like to hear that bit, but what I'm more interested in actually is the transition out of that yeah. and how you've then gone into the... Uh, ultra endurance to become the athlete that you are today because I think they're both huge huge steps and I'd just be interested to hear your your version of that yeah I mean it surprised most people when I joined that show how did it come about truth be told actually I can't tell the truth because it's a reality show right we can't defy the reality <laughs> I was gonna say I lived in Norfolk can't say that though I was from Chelsea <laughs> <laughs> did you live in Norfolk though yeah yeah. Okay. So I was living in Norfolk, and made I made in Norfolk. Yeah, yeah. Literally, I was made in I was made in Norfolk, and uh, <laughs> so I'd started a property business in in Norfolk, and kind of was setting up shop there. And then I got a message just saying, you know, a couple of friends were on this TV show. I wasn't interested, in all honesty. But my dad, you know, who has come from absolutely nothing, really wanted me to go for it. He's like, listen, opportunities like this in life don't come often. Like, just don't don't miss this one. Just just go and see. The rest is history obviously joined it would I say you get much fulfillment from that I would say the existence of it can be incredibly empty if you don't have substance or surround yourself with substance um, because it's hugely demanding of you and your person I would say it's quite taxing so what you have to do is is you have to set yourself goals and I would say one of the assets I had was the mistakes I'd made in the past I went into this with a fresh perspective of myself and what I wanted to achieve. And so rather than getting caught up in the moment and not making the most of that platform, I went into it with an ambition and goals in my mind of what I wanted to accomplish. And so although there were many negatives of that experience, you know, and it 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 did cost me a lot at times, there were so many positives to be taken from it. So, you know, there was a real balance there. And for me, what's really important with anything that you do in life is to not get caught up in that moment. Because I think sometimes people look at it when they're kind of like the highest of successes or fames and they think it's going to last forever. And like anything, it doesn't. It changes and it can literally change with the click of a finger. And so for me, if I ever got to a point where my time had come to an end or they no longer wanted me or I decided to to move on, then the transition would be easy. And fortunately for me, because I'd laid that foundation, 
I kind of went into things. I never thought I'd go into ultra sports. That wasn't really the ambition. That kind of is just something that's happened over time. But I comfortably was active and actually managed to break barriers and accomplish things that typically people within reality would not normally do. That's not because I would say I'm exceptional. I think it's just because of where I'd positioned myself and the ambitions I had equated to the acknowledgement of maybe a particular brand, for instance, or a person wanting to work with me, which I still find incredibly humbling. So actual fact, you know, my dad was right for me to take that opportunity because would I have accomplished any of these things? Would I be the person I am today? The answer is no, nor would I have had my four-year-old little girl. I probably would be a guy who finished rugby, still building houses, probably with a dog in a relationship. Does that mean I'd be unhappy? No, but knowing the person I am and the free spirit I am, you know, I'm very grateful for the journey that I've had. How long this journey is going to continue for? I've got no idea. I kind of take it day by day and I seem to reinvent myself, you know, every other day. But it's one that I just, I love. And I think although I kind of judge myself and go, I can't do a spreadsheet and I'm not in the office and I'm not a big time CEO and I seem pretty clueless, whatever I am seems to have enabled me to continue with this life of freedom. And that I think is one of the the things that I'm most grateful for. Mm, Amazing, mate. You are you and that is your power. What stood out to me was that was that by being pushed into it, whether it's from your dad or your own decision or whatever that was, you said that it, you went into it because it was a new chapter, a new opportunity. You re- reframed your mindset. And, and that, I think that's what new opportunities allow us to do. Think again about who we are or who we want to be and change that then each time we do it. And you made two massive jumps there. Yeah, and I think I always say this to people. It's better in life to do something and regret it than regret not doing having it. never done it, yeah. right? And that is, it's so true. Just go and do it. Take the, take the risk. A guy, you know, we've just set up a company, The Run Buddy, me and my running coach, Ben Parker and Dom, three business partners. And I, I had to phone a guy who's just, Walter, who's just started. He's given up his job, which he was being paid very well for. He's got a newborn baby. It's a big leap of faith. But I was like, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? You're still the same qualified individual. Worst case scenario, you take this risk. It doesn't pay off and you can go back to that job. But if you stay in that job, you're still going to feel the same way that you did. And he was like, 100%. And, you know, hearing him take that leap of faith into this project is such an amazing thing. And one I do believe will pay off. I just hope with the environment and the platform that we're trying to create, more people can take that confidence and inspiration to do the same. Because what an awful feeling it must be to get to the end of your life, having regretted never actually going for the dreams that you had or accomplishing the things that you wanted. Mm. Mm. Before we come to you, Tano, so our just general feeling towards doing this show, was it a positive experience? Were you happy with doing it? I used to begrudge the show a lot because of the things that happened to me. And actually the show is like life. The show's not to blame. It's, it's the people almost, you know, like they are there just to do a job. And when you sign up for that job, it's, it, it comes with it. Right. And it's taken me years to understand and to accept that. And, uh, you know, to not hold those grudges. It is what you make of it. Sometimes you have control over things, sometimes you don't. And when you don't, you just have to learn how to respond to it. And that's taken me a long time to even be able to say that. Mm. Because sometimes there are unfair 
portrayals maybe of you or slightly distorted portrayals that you have no power or control over you know in all honesty not just with this show but with anything you do you could literally film a scene and the scene be completely different I've seen guys who are the funniest individuals you've ever met but be portrayed on set and in scenes like the dullest person purely down to the editor's genius <laughs> you know as long as your life is filled full of substance and you have those goals and you're being active it doesn't really matter what comes your way or how negative it may be because you have that to fall back on i think when you make that your all that's when it's the negative mm, yeah you yeah, know that's so good i don't know how you were before but you speak so well mate i know tana we've said this before like you're very articulate and i wonder whether the show because it gave you loads, as you said, including your daughter. But I wonder if it gave you that as well. Like you speak really well, and I don't. Do you think think, think that helped? Yeah, I mean, I'm. Do you know what I'm grateful for? It. It's exposed me to a huge platform now. You know, and without it, of course, you can grow it. You see individuals now. This is the exciting thing about the industry that there are individuals from any different walks of life who are now creating opportunities for themselves and have these platforms. You know. For me, do I have the capability to maybe have built that platform organically away from the show? Probably not, in all honesty. Not because I don't have the ability. I think it's more just how often I question myself. So for that, I'm I'm really grateful that it's maybe propelled my position of where I'm at. You know, and ultimately for me, I've got people all different walks of life, different demographics, age ranges that are invested in my journey, you know, and one thing I'm grateful for is I think through my adversity, my biggest goal in life before my time comes to an end is to redefine a person's perception of how they see themselves and how they see others, you know, and as someone who has struggled mentally for many, many years prior, and as I've said, still at times with my anxieties now, you know, I think the key messaging behind a lot of these challenges is that I do is that I do it. And I do it with struggles. You know, I'm not the perfect person. I'm not this concrete athlete that is impenetrable. I am. I'm incredibly vulnerable, you know, and I do struggle, but I can still accomplish these mm. things. And I'm hoping that with this platform that the show has given me, I can deliver that message to more people. Because for me, whenever I hear somebody's taken their life, that's a life I feel like I could have saved, in all honesty. It's not a massive weight on my shoulders where I'm beating myself up, but at the same time, the more I can get this message out there, hopefully the more impact I can have so that when a person gets to that point in their life where they question themselves, I would like to think through what I've accomplished can hopefully make them question the decision that they wish to make or inspire them to push through. So for every negative, in all honesty, mate, there are a huge amount of positives, mm. you know, no matter how negative it may be. Yeah. Well, I think that everything happens for a reason. Like, gen generally, if he hadn't gone on the show, you know, he wouldn't have that following. They wouldn't have gifted me with the following I got. And, you know, I hate to think how many people I've spoke to and lovely messages I've had, you know, inspiring kids to get out of the room in a wheelchair and go to a wheelchair race or anything or just... just pull people through horrible times you know if he hadn't have done that i wouldn't have that so mm. it's just that ripple effect and yeah. everything kind of does happen for a reason like i always say like my my accident was always going to happen you know and everything i'd done up to life was setting me up for that you know he was always going to go on something like that reality tv show everything he done before was setting him up for that and it's all just a continuing story you know we sat here today doing this podcast it's all it's all relative yeah. some good comes from some bad and and that is just weird how the world works no you're so good at that perspective mate as well i love it i'm knackered 
How are you two feeling? I'm right. I'm, 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 right. I'm pretty. Yeah. Ch- I'm pretty chilled. Mate. <laughs> I'm, I'm grounded. I don't know. We all we made a conscious effort to all sit here with no socks on. So this is a new experience. <laughs> so we do the same three questions at the end of every episode. Tana, you've obviously done these before, but we'll do them again. Quick fire to give people a tangible thing to take I'll away. I can struggle. I fucking struggle with that. When we say quick fire, are we talking ten minutes per question? Sub hour. Are we dropping this down to ten seconds? <laughs> yeah. God. <laughs> Should we ask Tano first? He'll set the example. You have to understand, I live alone, mate. This is my opportunity to get some companionship and actually speak. <laughs> Honestly, even a phone call. I know when he rings me, like, occasionally, like, I think, I can't answer that now because I haven't got 45 minutes. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, well, I, I, better just, I better just get my job done. Then I'll pull over and I'll call him back. Yeah. <laughs> so the first of these three is... Is there anything specific you've discovered or come across recently that you're particularly excited about? I think generally at the minute, like, I'm in a really happy space. Like, and I think it's when you said, like, what is anything exciting? I thought, you know, my life just seems to be going really well at the moment and I am just in a happy place and nothing really excites me because I feel like I'm really in an excited state anyway. I mean, I've recently started with a, a, a new physio, um, which has inspired me to do more. So I'm excited we can still progress. You know, that's that's actually over the last few days, I've been really happy with what we've kind of done. Um, I had a very year of just doing nothing, you know, I embraced the isolation and just thought I'm not doing anything. And and that, that was lovely, but I've, I've kind of wanted that spark back. So I'm excited to see what the, what the future holds. But yeah, I'm, I'm just in a really good space at the minute. Amazing. One habit or routine that you would encourage all listeners to undertake daily? Self-love. Just remind yourself each day of one thing that you love about yourself. Because I think we forget to do that. I think we focus so much on the negatives of what we're getting wrong in life and actually we don't focus on the things that we did. Even if it takes you 10 hours that day to accomplish it, if you do accomplish that one singular thing, Mm -hmm. praise yourself. Amazing. Do you know what I found recently really affects me in a positive way? getting up early like really? I, I think an earlier start like if i if i make myself get up at six mm. and 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 then if i add a exercise into that as well then that that boosts my whole day mm. like I, I think you can if too much sleep's not good like so i i just think getting up early is a very positive thing you can that's do that's interesting i haven't woke by alarm for a long time and I got into a habit of just getting up when I wake up yeah. and being tired because of my daughter and like just like oh yeah. I'm gonna yeah I, d- I just one. seem to get from like 6 till 10, 11 like if I do that I get so much mm. done like I'm more I mean I'm guessing everybody's individual but I find there's a superpower in getting up early love yeah. that nice so this is a slightly different one for both of you in this case take yourself back to a particularly challenging moment in your life pick whichever one you want imagine there's two versions of yourself right so there's two tanos two jps in that moment what's the key differentiator between the one who's gone on to achieve all the incredible things that you've done today and is sitting in front of me now and the one who wouldn't have done any of those things what's the key difference my mind's easy you know the most challenging time of my life was obviously being strapped to a hospital bed paralyzed and the differentiating thing I can even say that then the the, the to me being me, sat here positive, happy, doing well at life, to somebody who isn't, is acceptance. Acceptance. Yeah, acceptance 100%. Hmm. Like, if I hadn't accepted that that was me f- and I'm still thinking about where I was, 
I'm still going to be down in the dumps and that don't just affect me, that affects everyone around me. So I'm, I'm lucky like I accepted that there and then obviously I said two years on when I went for a breakup I kind of had to process that over a course of six months of, of thinking wow I am paralyzed but still done it but if I hadn't have accepted it there and then I'm still in a very negative mindset wasting life really so yeah I mean that that is a different thing there of just accepting it and thinking this is it mm. let's let's smash it amazing yeah so good uh I would say the I think yours yours is probably when you met me. <laughs> <laughs> I would say responding to finding out I was going to be a dad could have gone hmm. two ways because I think the timing of when it happened, you know, I wasn't actually with her mother at the time and the situation at the time wasn't right. Not that it would ever been a negative, I think, with, with my child, but I think it opened my eyes to how you can respond to something like that. You know, it, it, I think in life you realize that the circumstances are never what you wish them to be, but it's amazing how quickly we can actually adapt to it. I know you said one, but I'd say also probably the 24 hour patio challenge. I think having gone into that with such a negative mindset and having never done it before, to have actually accomplished it has now opened my eyes to everything and anything. Hmm. Having done, it was four before you did the double, right? Or five before you did the double? Six and five. Yeah. So then the fifth. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Four. Four. Yeah. Four, four in a row. Already yeah. And then, yeah. Um, See, and when you said about children, like my, mine was acceptance, but it's funny how me having children allowed me to accept it quicker. Uh, because do you know what I mean? Like so, so many things. Like I said, it's just funny how hmm, life knits itself yeah. and things that like if I didn't have children, I probably wouldn't have accepted it as quick as I could because it was only me. But yeah. on that day, I knew if I'm sad they're sad so mm -hmm. i accepted it because that benefited them so wow. it's just weird how how the fibers of life yeah. kind of purpose outside yourself again exactly it's just everything happens yeah. for a reason i think people focus so much with parenthood like when they find out they're going to be a parent you know most of the time it's planned and then quite a lot as well it's not and people worry about how it may hinder or change their life and i just wish more people could see actually you know it's not always necessarily the case but it depends on the person's mentality but I would say since the day I found out I was going to be a daddy I've probably achieved more in my life in the four years my little girl's been alive than in my entire life put together you know she has changed everything about me and what I can achieve and for that I'm just you know forever grateful and it's not even anything she's necessarily said or done it's just her being present just has that impact you know I think they, they say, don't they, the, the two things our purpose of life is, is to survive and reproduce, mm -hmm. you know, and that is kind of what we do. I mean, my kids are my world, you know, and that definitely define me, magic. We're lucky to all, all have kids, aren't we? Yeah, that is, yes, right, yeah. yeah. Also, a special mention to before we start this conversation, Josh and I had a competition on the crossbar challenge. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, actually, you've got to do a spoonful of uh, chilli sauce. You actually make me do a spoonful on the podcast. I will say that Mark was very confident with his first shot. Definitely going to hit it, boys. And that, <laughs> was, that was Samsonite. That just was yeah. useless. Yeah. yeah, but what about the second? It was bang centre, bang on the crossbar. Obviously, I missed three times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Boys, thank you so much. Anything you want to leave with? I mean, we've covered a lot. No, do well. Take flight. Nice. Thank you. Bosh. Mate, thank you for having us, man. Yeah, cheers, Come mate. On, yeah. boys. Yeah. 
thanks to both of the lads for joining me and being so open and honest. This is an episode I'll treasure and I hope you enjoy it half as much as I did. Once again, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode and indeed the new season so far. Season 13, I can't believe we've had this many episodes and this many seasons. It's nearly four years of Take Flight in existence and I feel like I'm really finding my stride in these conversations and the purpose of the podcast changes ever so slightly over time but it will always remain true to this drive and vision of helping us perform better every single day no matter what it is that we do but also getting under the bonnet helping us discover our purpose and be aligned with what we believe we're here to do that episode that conversation was ridiculous i didn't really know what to expect going and sitting with the lads both of them are really good friends so it always helps and makes it easier because it feels very natural and i feel like we genuinely had a chance to just be ourselves and be completely open with one another and i'd be interested to hear whether that's how it came across and also what specifically was hitting home with you What have you taken even into your life or plan to take into your life off the back of that? Of course, a big thank you to both of the lads for giving up their time. We'd planned to do a workout and then go for a swim and a cold dip afterwards, but we spoke for so long that we didn't do any of those things. But I really appreciate them giving up their time. Next week, we have another fantastic individual sharing their story with us. So I look forward to speaking with you again then. In the meantime, stay positive, stay motivated and take flight.